0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh yeah, better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I
1: can't
0: do this shit. What's better than this, guys? V and Dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast. Presented by Locked On, it's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Traft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Wednesday edition of the show. Kyle has informed me that there is a loose cricket in his office, and with all the things on the loose in the Mid-Atlantic, I am a little nervous.
1: It's, uh, so my my work station's technically, like, we don't have an underground basement, but we have, like, a first floor, which is a foyer, and my office, So it came in somehow from the outside, and I have this big, like, mahogany desk that's probably 300 pounds total. I mean, it's several pieces that are just situated together, and it's up against the wall, and it's back behind the desk somewhere. I cannot reach it. It does not make noise until I'm in here for, like, 10 minutes at a time, and then it starts chirping.
0: So if you hear any noises...
1: It's either the cricket or it's me kicking the wall to get the cricket to stop.
0: Is that, is you've, you're on terms now with the cricket. When you do kick the wall, it's.
1: Well, as soon as we're done here, I'll pull this desk out and I'm going to smash this thing.
0: Oh, wow. A bug killer. I'm going to, I'm going to
1: tear apart the room and put this thing out (laughs) because I can't have this.
0: Understood. Well, week one, as you know, is in the books, but week one will lie to you, right? That's kind of what's. What's always interesting. You don't want to get too high. You don't want to get too low. Some things will be true, though. And so what we've done is identified six different talking points today that are prevalent storylines from week one, but we need to figure out if they're lies or if they're truths. So we're going to bring these up one at a time, and Kyle and I will let you know if it's a truth or a lie. And the first one is a fun one. Mitch Trubisky. Kyle did a piece on him today for thedraftnetwork.com. And my question is, Truth or lie, Mitch Trubisky has plateaued as the NFL starting quarterback. Uh,
1: I mean, I hate to say it, but I think he has. Um, He's just doing the – I watched the game in preparation for – the article that I wrote, and I watched multiple Bears games last year. And as a guy, I had Mitch as a top 20 prospect in 2017, so I'm invested in Mitch, and I was a big fan of Mitch coming out. So I've seen a lot of Mitch Trubisky, and it's like the same mistakes in year three that he was making year one. He got better from year one to year two, but like I I just – that innate feel – in comparison to top top end quarterbacks looks to be lacking under pressure. And and because of that, I do think he's kind of reached his peak. I almost feel bad
0: for him because he's always going to be compared to Watson and Mahomes who are just clearly on different planets for sure. And he was taken first, right? So, so there's some dynamics here that are always going to be challenging for Trubisky I would have liked to seen him play in preseason. I know we mentioned that several times over the last week. You know, if he had a chance to get some reps in, I think it would have mattered. And I don't think we can sleep on the new look Packers defense from week one. You know, a couple of good new pass rushers, some new pieces in the secondary, an inspired football team that seemed more ready to play, especially on defense. And so the question for me is, I think we can kind of agree that he has plateaued, but is that okay, right? Can you win with plateaued Trubisky? I think you can.
1: Uh, I think he gives you enough off script. I think he gives you enough when he's in rhythm. Um, and I think the offense that he's in gives him an opportunity to create big plays with, you know, how much they they like to get their playmakers the ball in space. The Tariq Cohens of the world and uh, Matt Nagy's offense, I think, is a good fit for Mitch. And I think it brought out the best of him in 2018 But, like, he's going to have to be an Eli Manning guy that just catches fire for a stretch of a couple games.
0: Came across this stat about Mitch Trubisky today on Twitter uh, from NFL.
1: uh, Was it the one possession final?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So NFL Research says Mitch Trubisky went tied or trailing by one possession last three minutes of the game in his career. Completion percentage of 47.7, passing yards 203, zero touchdowns, three interceptions, passer rating 32.7, and the Bears are 1-8 in in such games. Not great. I wonder how much of that is 17, though. You know? I need more context there. I'm not sure that 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 really matters.
1: My uh, producer is going to pull up the game. We're going to see how many games in 2017 finished as a one-score game. That's
0: true. (laughs) That's true. Might not have been many of those.
1: Let's see. Trubisky and Oh, brother, hold on.
0: They only lost four games last year. So they've only lost five games of the last 17.
1: Okay, so they lost by 13. They lost by 10. They lost by one, and he didn't throw a pick in that game to San Francisco in 2017. Uh, they lost by 28. They lost by seven. He didn't, or lost by three. He didn't throw a pick in that game. They lost by seven. He didn't throw a pick in that game. They lost by eight. He threw one interception in that game. And he lost by three through one pick in that game. And that was his very first start.
0: Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't say that they couldn't, the other team couldn't go on and, and score another, you know, make it more than one possession game.
1: Uh, Well, the one that he threw three interceptions in in 2017 that they lost by 10, uh, they scored a touchdown with 232 remaining, a touchdown pass from Trubisky to cut it from 17 to 10. Hmm. So right. I don't think the damage was necessarily done. His rookie year,
0: right? No, it wouldn't it would not be indicative based on what you just said.
1: I mean, the losses they they've got a loss to San Francisco, a loss to Minnesota, and a loss to Green Bay in those games that were all one score games. But he didn't throw. He threw one pick in those three games combined. So I think a lot of this was the crunch time games, maybe even the playoff game. What was the end of the playoff game last year?
0: Uh, Bears. Uh, oh, Eagles. the double doink, the double
1: doink. Yeah, so double doink, I mean yeah. that that probably gets rolled into there too. Yeah. All right.
0: Next talking point here. We got to separate the facts from the the lies here. Number two, the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't contenders in the AFC.
1: Why don't you take this one?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it will. Um. Well, so who are the contenders in the AFC? The Chiefs and Patriots. I mean, is there anyone else on the same planet as either one of those teams? I don't think so. So even though I'm a big Steelers truther going into the year, I never put them in that tier. I still think that the Steelers have a very reasonable chance to win the North. I'm not going to write them off after the big loss to the Patriots where they quite honestly weren't competitive. I obviously, I hated the way they played offense in that game. Defense didn't show up, but I still like a lot about this football team and I mean, for them to really just bottom out this year would be uncharacteristic of what we've come to know about the Pittsburgh Steelers over the last 10 years. And I know Tomlin's got his own issues, but this team usually competes pretty well with them. I like so much about the team. The defense was top six last year. They got better in the secondary. They added Devin Bush. I mean, A.B. is the big difference on offense, And maybe that is a big difference, and that made Juju better. And James Washington and Deontay Johnson aren't really ready to step up, and Dante Moncrief is always just going to be Dante Moncrief. I thought there was enough here, though. And to me, if they were fringe contenders, I guess I'm more willing to believe that they're a 9 or 10 win team.
1: Yeah, I I think that's still reasonable. I was a little bit lower on Pittsburgh than you coming into the year. But I don't think that offensive performance against New England is indicative of what they're going to do this year at all. You know, it it can't be because they were so abysmally bad in that game. Mm -hmm. And like they're going four and five wide as soon as they cross the 50 and everybody's running like little stop routes and guys can't catch the ball for anything. And they, they really... Uh, let that snowball on them because there, there was a time in that game where it's like, all right, just settle down, like maybe get back to your offense and play physical up front and try and run the football. And they went five wide the entire game. So I'm not going to hit the panic button and bail on the Steelers yet. Uh, because I think you're getting an extreme outlier in the way they played against wingler.
0: Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go and you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this just isn't for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. BlueChew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So, no in person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Listen up. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay five bucks for shipping. Again, that's B L U E CHU.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Kyle and I will be right back after this. All right, Kyle, here's one that I've been really anxious to ask you about. Because yeah. I know you watch this Ravens-Dolphins game. Uh, Lamar Jackson. unfortunately, yeah, Unbelievable performance, right? 158.3 rating. Barely threw any incompletions. All the yards. Has Lamar Jackson arrived? Or is this one of those deals where, I hate, I mean, take this the best way. Is it a level of competition thing and, you know, there's a, a regression to the to the norm that's coming here with Lamar.
1: Well, I think there's a regression of course, but I don't think it's going to be to the point. I think Lamar will kill the narrative this, this year that he can't pass the football. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a very unfair perception of him when you watch him at Louisville and yes, there's some accuracy issues and, and lower half mechanics where he just really liked to just like snap that wrist and drive the ball, right? Because he's not getting full weight transfer. He's not necessarily always getting on top of the ball. The ball sails high on him a lot of times, especially when he's looking to push the ball outside the numbers of the sideline. I think the concepts that this team is capable of implementing and the tight end safety blankets they have in the middle of the field, which Lamar loves to throw to, I think those components are going to allow Baltimore by and large to stay right in their wheelhouse and not run like a jerry-rigged version of a Joe Flacco style offense anymore. It's going to be Lamar's offense and Lamar's passing offense and, and college spread concepts and, and pushing the ball down the field. And they ran five verts against the (laughs) dolphins and they had three guys behind defenders because yeah. they have so much speed at the skill position. So I think you compare, you pair their ability to run downhill, their ability to test you with speed to the boundary with Lamar and Justice Hill as the change of pace back and the depth that they have in the middle of the field with the tight ends and the speed that they have on the boundary. Like Lamar's going to regress, but he's going to regress because he threw like three incompletions and six touchdowns, not because he can't throw the ball.
0: Let me ask you this: I saw a statistic about the amount of times Miami stayed in base defense, like they're putting you know three, four wide receivers on the field, and Miami's just staying in base. Like, yeah.
1: what? You know me. You know what percentage? If you, if I were to ask you right now, who are the three best players on the Dolphins' defense? What would you say?
0: Well, I kind of know the answer to this, but. I mean, I guess the conventional wisdom would say Minka, Jerome Baker, and uh, Rashad Jones.
1: Okay. What percentage of snaps do you think Rashad Jones played on Sunday?
0: Uh, 90 plus percent.
1: He played less than 50% of the snaps. Is he hurt? No. Okay. What percentage of snaps do you think Minka Fitzpatrick played on Sunday?
0: They're playing him as a true slot this year.
1: Uh, he's kind of a hybrid.
0: Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, 75 plus
1: percent. 64% of snaps. Okay. Jerome Baker played 94%.
0: All right. Well, there we go. Christian
1: Wilkins played
0: 84%. That's a lot for a D lineman. That's good.
1: So, I mean, Wilkins and Baker, no question, centerpieces, but it is such a slap in the face to the talent of Rashad Jones to play him, Joe, 42% of the snaps. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. So how, how much? Can
1: you, how can you sit here and say we're gonna we're gonna play to win, and that's why we're starting Ryan Fitzpatrick because he gives us the best chance to win? And then you had John Jenkins, Avery Moss, Jonathan Ledbetter, all these guys playing more snaps. And I don't understand that they're defensive linemen, but like those guys all played over sixty percent of snaps, and you can't find a spot for Rashad Jones in the secondary.
0: Yeah. Who does Baltimore play this week?
1: Uh, Arizona.
0: Oh God! All right. Well, they I mean, they got some pieces on defense. Obviously, Pat Pete's not around, but that's interesting. Uh, he'll be fascinating to continue to watch the rest of the year because if Lamar is like eighty five percent of what he was in that Miami game, yeah, Baltimore's yeah, I mean, going to be a problem, man.
1: Yeah, they'll they'll win eleven plus games if Lamar yeah. plays to eighty five percent of what he played.
0: Yeah, we've been talking. We've been talking Pittsburgh and Cleveland in the north. My goodness, Baltimore would like to remind you that they still exist. All right, next one here. The Atlanta Falcons are more of a middling team than a playoff team.
1: Uh, They were 7-9
0: last year. We all said injuries, 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 and they got their ass kicked in by the Minnesota Vikings.
1: And uh, they lost Chris Lindstrom to a broken foot. Yeah. So now Jamon Brown's back to starting at right guard. I don't want to bail on this team yet, but I'll say this. Yeah. You look at Grady Jarrett up front on the defensive line.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: This defensive line's not good.
0: No, he's it.
1: It's Grady. Tack McKinley, I'm not willing to send, you know, a, a eulogy in for either. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't I wasn't of the school of thought that Tack McKinley was going to develop into like a top 15 pass rusher in the NFL anyway. I think he's more of a secondary pass, a second pass rusher on a good team. And he's the best pass rusher they've got. No, the, the nose of Deidre Sonat and Tyler Davison. Allen we'll no players. Liston is another starter at defensive end with John Kaminsky coming in behind him and Adrian Clay. Like, you guys need some difference makers up front. And if you get pushed around and, like, Carolina will push you around. Yeah. New Orleans will push you around. They're going to have a really hard time if they can't find some juice up front and, and be a lot more – stout on the edges because that's where Minnesota torched them right Mm
0: -hmm. Minnesota
1: got outside the tackles on them and just cut them up they got to find some juice up front defensively
0: so you're telling me we've got questions on the defensive line and the offensive line yeah not good brother I mean just like from a simple perspective I know I love Matt Ryan these receivers are, are outstanding Deion Jones is great they have good pieces in the secondary but football games are one up front, and we've got question marks, O-line and D-line. Now, Caleb McGarry, good for him. He wind up playing in that football game. Yeah. Uh, so that was an encouraging sign. Obviously, we're all root for him. Uh, and, but like you said there, Chris Lindstrom's out. Jermon Brown's back in. James Carpenter's an okay left guard. You obviously love Mack and Matthews, but that's two out of five, brother. We got we got question marks here. And this is a team that, you know, 7-9, like I said, we all said injuries were the problem. And maybe they are again, right? Like, they're already starting to have some injuries. But, you know, Do you I don't know think you have time to waste in the NFC. It's too good.
1: You know what this team construction reminds me of? What you got? Like the 2013 Miami Dolphins. They had Brandon Marshall at wide receiver. They had Reggie Bush in the backfield. Both those guys had 1,000 yards rushing and receiving, respectively. Defensive line, they had Kim Wake, and that's probably it up front. Uh, Randy Starks was there he was you know he had a couple years of like really strong play but it was more before this phase but it was like they had some playmakers in the back seven they had some playmakers at the skill positions they had a quarterback that you know Matt Ryan is obviously a much more accomplished quarterback than a young Ryan Tannehill was before Tannehill hit his plateau but just the trenches have the ability to just completely neuter all of the good things about this team
0: yeah We'll see. There's no time uh, to get yourself in a hole in the NFC. There's too many good teams. Seattle looks good. Uh, I mean, just you can't play around. You can't play around. Kyle, if you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't tell you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you want to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you know that you can bet on games after kickoff? By the second half, it looks like your bet is going to lose. You can always just take the other side. If you're kind of guy that likes to battle and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year to lay down a bet. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. We've got some more to get into right after this. Kyle, let's uh let's talk about hashtag Joe Hates the Browns. My next one here for Truth or Lie, week one edition. The Browns are sloppy, and will only be an average team in 2019.
1: Uh you want to take this one first, since I took the last one. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, look, um
1: Defend yourself. <sighs>
0: I don't know if I need to defend myself. I've, I've kind of been nervous about this the whole the whole summer while everyone was, you know, drinking that orange orange and brown Kool-Aid. I don't know why. they're I don't like the color rush uniforms. That's a whole other discussion. But, um, yeah, this is my concern. This is a, a very dynamic locker room. And that's okay if you got the right head coach. And Freddie Kitchens is a total wild card. I've said it a thousand times in this podcast. Even people we've talked to that know Freddie just were like, hmm. Hey? And that's not what I need as my leader of this football team with these personalities. And the fact that they lost the way they did in this Tennessee game with, with 18 penalties for 190 something yards of penalties, equally bad in the first and second half. You know, it's it's one of these deals where I know that they've got a lot of talent, but I, I get nervous about just how disciplined this football team's going to be. And on top of that, I got questions on the offensive line, right? Those those are problems. And they got guys, you know, getting ejected for getting in fights in the game. Like, wh- this is this is bad. And, and I, it's got to get corrected quick. I know the schedule's a little bit tough here. They're facing the Jets on Monday Night Football coming up. That's going to be a must-win game for them because it really does stiffen up here. And uh, I, I just get nervous that this is going to be one of those seven, eight-win teams as opposed to, uh, you know, the, the contender for the, uh, the NFC North.
1: They cannot afford to, to make the same sloppy mistakes. Do I think they have the ability to turn around because they're talented? Yes. Have we seen sloppy teams transcend that and win 9 10 football games a year? Yes. So I'm not punting on the Browns just yet, but like if we get to week four and these guys are one and three and they're, they're leading the league in penalties, yeah. we're going to have a problem.
0: Do you know who led the league in penalties last year? Had the most penalties a game in the NFL uh, last year? The Rams. No, it's the Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. Most. <laughs> yeah. On <laughs> the other side of that I think the lowest was the Tennessee Titans. So I, I mean, maybe the Chiefs are just so talented they can overcome it, but it's 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 not just the penalties, it's also just kind of the way things came loose. You know, it wasn't the game ended and got out of hand, but it wasn't out of hand from the outset. You know, it, it, they started to get sloppy. And then, you know, with Greg Robinson's getting in fights, I mean, just, kicking yeah,
1: guys in the head.
0: Yeah, uh, I it. think an
1: interesting thing to, to note there, Joe is if you had to guess which team played one of the slowest playing teams in the NFL, who would it be
0: in terms of just time between
1: snaps? Yeah.
0: Who would I guess? Yeah. Uh, Carolina Jets.
1: Give me no one. one. Team just uh, played. Or team you just mentioned. Can't see. No, come on. Titans.
0: Titans. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. Who
1: plays fast? The Chiefs. Yeah. So you probably oh, have, yeah. you know, more plays. That's true. Is going to yield more penalties. I'd love to see the stats, not for us to get into now. Yeah. But I'd love to see the stats on like a per play rate for penalties.
0: Ooh. See, I like that. I like where that discussion just went. They've got the Jets on Monday night. Then they, they host the Rams at Baltimore, at San Francisco, and then they host Seattle before they travel to New England. I mean, how yeah, where but, do I you mean, stack you the get, wins here, you know?
1: You're going to have to get a win against the Jets, which I think they will. I think they'll beat the Jets.
0: Yeah, um, the Jets are crap. Adam Gates is such a crap coach.
1: No argument here. And then they host the Rams. Host the Rams. And then they play the 49ers.
0: Uh, at Baltimore, at Baltimore, in between those games.
1: Okay, so you need to come be three and two heading out of those those games. This was really a team, Cle- Cleveland or a game Cleveland could not afford to drop this opening game, but they did. So now you got to go out and beat a team that you're probably not supposed to. Yeah. So now you got to beat the Rams.
0: If they can be four and four coming out of the New England game, going to Denver. Yeah, Denver, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Miami, Pittsburgh, Cincy, Arizona, Baltimore, Cincy. Right. If you can be four and four going into those last eight games, and you had a chance to maybe go six and two, well, there's your answer. But I mean, it all sounds good talking about it, but they got to do it, right? And they've got three three of their next four are primetime games, right? So if they don't get their shit together, everyone's going to watch it on primetime and be talking about it, right? Right. So very important. No time to waste. In terms of the Cleveland Browns getting this together, last one today, Kyle. Uh, let's see here. Let's talk about the Raiders. the Raiders. The Raiders will be better than expected, and I think we had them at like four and twelve.
1: Uh, we know they lost half their starting secondary already, right?
0: Oh my god, yeah! Because Abrams, Abrams is, is an animal. Conley. you see him? He's just he's just so reckless, man.
1: Yeah. Um. No, this team lost their best offensive weapon in Antonio Brown.
0: This feels like they never had him, you know,
1: even though they never technically (laughs) had, but he's not, he's not on the roster. We were anticipating him to be on the roster.
0: We had him at four um, and 12 with Antonio Brown, right?
1: I think that this team will be physical and that will be something that they can hang their hat on. And that's great. But, um, if they transcend expectations and check in somewhere, above six wins, then you can credit the offense and David Carr for solidifying with another year under John Gruden. But I don't – how often are the Denver Broncos going to go a full game without getting a single pressure on the quarterback with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, which happened on Monday night?
0: Right. That's what I'm saying.
1: That's unbelievable. Colt Miller,
0: Trent Brown, brother. Shut those guys up. That's as good of a pair of edge rushers you're going to face in the league. Derek Carr, 121 rating against Vic Fangio's defense.
1: The week one slate will lie to you. That's what I we're here to think figure that's out. That's what happened.
0: All right, you're saying this is the biggest lie. Of all the stuff we brought up, is this the biggest lie?
1: Yeah, I don't and think the I don't think the Raiders are gonna win like seven games this year. I'm sorry. Okay, so
0: we had them at four. Their ceiling is still what? Five, six?
1: Five or six, yeah. All
0: right.
1: I think that's the biggest lie to be like to walk away from the Raiders game and say, yeah, this is a winning football team this year. I mean, they're going to play the chiefs this week without half their starting secondary, and they're going to give up 40 points.
0: <laughs> really? Are you calling that right now?
1: Yeah. Lock me in. Go ahead.
0: I'm not, I'm not going to bet against that. I'm just wondering if you're willing to go on the record with it.
1: Yeah. Put, put me down.
0: All right. Ack grinding the tape. If he's wrong, I have no qu- further questions, your honor.
1: Okay, well, very good. I have no further uh, analysis for the day. Tomorrow we're going to do the college football lines. Uh, We both had a great week last week, Joe. You had a better week than I did. That's two weeks in a row, so congratulations to you.
0: Thank you, thank you. Uh,
1: But we will once again work through the spreads of the top 25, pick them all. We'll give you uh, free money from Joe, right? (laughs) Yeah. My bookie, place a couple bets. You can thank Joe when you cash in. I know I will because I'm gonna gonna follow up with him and make sure I activate some of these uh, these bets myself. So come back, see us again tomorrow. Want to thank you guys as always for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.